Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Jesus went and told Andrew, then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, The voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. Good morning, friends. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Michael Ellis, and I am the ministry intern here at Sandy Springs UMC. I am honored and excited to be here speaking to you all, so if y'all wouldn't mind joining me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I started my undergraduate career, I had a plan for my life. I was going to get an engineering degree and I was gonna use it to do something good, like help underdeveloped countries get clean water or do an engineers without borders situation. I was also going to have a great paycheck coming in. Not sure if you've ever Googled or you know how much chemical engineers make, but that's what I envisioned for my life. I had a plan. Well, spoiler alert, did not become an engineer. I am currently in seminary and I and do not Google how much people in ministry make. It will make you sad, especially after Googling, Googling engineering salaries. My first year of undergrad was tough. Sure, engineering is hard, but I was prepared for that. I was not prepared for not liking it. I spent my first year toughing it out because I had this idea of how my life was supposed to go and how I was going to get there. Towards the end of the year, there were a number of things that happened, but It all was kind of God's way of smacking me upside the head, asking me what in the world I was doing. I spent the final months of my first year researching and figuring out what to change my major to and how to tell those around me what I decided. 
It was hard, I am not going to lie to you. It was not fun, especially when I told those who thought I was going to change the world with math and science that I was now studying psychology and religion. In order to do this, I had to let go of this idea that I had for my life. In order to let God use me in the way God wanted to, I had to let all the things I thought I knew and all the things that the world told me were important fall away so I could live out God's purpose for my life. I had to reform my way of thinking and being in order for a new thing to take root and thrive. Today's passage from the Gospel of John talks a lot about death and losing things and in order for new things to come to pass. The reformation I had to do is what Jesus is calling all of us to do. So let's dig in. Just as some context up to this point in the Gospel, things have been going pretty well for the disciples. They've witnessed people being healed and fed, a person has even been raised from the dead. Jews are being drawn to Jesus and his message, so much so, the religious leaders are starting to get really worried. And they just made a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Yes, people were plotting to kill them, but that's just how much they were shaking things up. At the beginning of our passage today, we learn that some Greeks are at the Passover festival worshiping and they want to see Jesus. Greeks is just the term for the non-Jews, so Gentiles just like us, but 2,000 years ago. At the news of Greeks showing up to the party, Jesus starts talking about death. And not just any death, his death. Not exactly the reaction I would want if I showed up to a party. This hour that he's talking about is the hour of his death. He starts his discourse with very truly. Now, side note, anytime we see this phrase in the Gospel of John, it means Jesus is trying to get people's attention. Now, everything Jesus says is important, yes, but very truly indicates that he's about to say something he wants those hearing to pay attention to. So he continues, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Now, I don't for sure know if this is happening, but I always read this as Jesus's way of easing into the, so now is the time for me to die conversation. Like, y'all know how a seed has to die to produce many fruit? Yeah, so I have to die now to, you know, save the world. And we know this is a good thing. We have the luxury of knowing how this story ends. We are on this side of it. After Jesus dies and is raised, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit and are empowered to continue what Jesus has started. The disciples there didn't have the same luxury. All they know is their friend who has done amazing things is talking about having to die. He continues, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Pause. 
Did Jesus just tell us we have to hate our lives? Wait, what? He set up two dichotomies, love versus hate and lose versus keep, which, okay, I get. But the words are paired with the opposite of what we would expect. Now, maybe it's just me, but if I love something, I'd like to keep it. And if I hate something, I wouldn't mind losing it. He's talking about our eternal lives here, not our earthly ones. Salvation comes through faith in Jesus, not faith in this world. But what does that actually look like? If we love our eternal lives, we have to lose or deny our worldly ones, hating our lives in this world. In fact, in a few moments, he's going to talk about judgment on the world and the world systems and the prince of the world being driven out. I don't know about you, but I don't want my wagon hitched to something that is going to be driven out. Friends, that's a hard truth and I need you to hear it. There are things in this world that we need to hate and we need to let fall away. White supremacy and racism, they've got to go. We are all made in the image of God, which means none of us is above any other. And any system that allows people to think this is true has got to go. The idea that there is a specific and particular way church needs to be done in order for it to be church also needs to go. Where there are people gathered in whatever space they can, worshiping God, that's church. And it looks different depending on who we are. We are constantly letting things fall away from our lives in order for new things to thrive. A lot of times in our personal lives, just like mine in undergrad and honestly still now, this looks like our idea of how things should be. That's the thing that needs to go. Allowing the things of this world that are not of God fall away so the things that are of God can take root and thrive. That's what being reformed is all about. We are constantly allowing God to guide us closer to God's will. And in this passage, Jesus is telling us that, that requires hating parts of our lives and this world in order to do it. For those of you who know fancy church words, that's sanctification. What it means is you hitch your wagon to the thing that isn't leaving, Jesus. Now, I know that was a lot, but Jesus doesn't leave it at that. He continues with a command. Whoever serves me must follow me. When we claim to serve Jesus and claim Jesus as Lord, that means following him even when it's hard. All the things that I have mentioned are hard and not fun. And he's telling his disciples all of this as he's headed to the cross. But this command is also followed by a promise. Jesus is going to be with us, y'all. He's told us there is a loss, and again, no loss is easy, but Jesus promises to always be with us through it. And the good news with that is that Jesus knows it's hard. He's experienced hard. 
We see it in the next part of the passage. The Gospel of John has some great moments that I like to call Jesus's V-human moments or very human moments. Now, we know Jesus is fully human and fully divine, but in these moments, we recognize the emotions that we felt in our 1000% humanity. Like when he gets tired before resting at the well and irritable because people keep asking him who he is, even though he's told them. And like when he experiences grief when his friend dies. This next moment is another one of these the human Jesus moments. He says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Jesus is stressed. Can't you hear it? Now, personally, I have never been sent to do anything close to the sacrifice Jesus knows he is about to make but I have been called to do things I'm not the most excited about or I'm really anxious about. We've all been there. Technically, sure, Jesus had the power to not die, but here he is accepting that this is what has to happen. In order for a new thing to be done, in order for many seeds to be produced, this one needs to die. After this moment, Jesus exclaims, Father, glorify your name, and it is met with a response from heaven. The human yes from Jesus is meeting the divine yes from heaven, and spoiler alert, something amazing is going to happen. But we'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Jesus ends this discourse with the prince of this world will be driven out. And when I am, I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. That's the good news, friends. Back when Jesus tells us that wherever he is, his servant will also be, means that here, when he is talking about his resurrection, we who serve him are right there with him. We are with him embracing death. On Ash Wednesday, we remembered our mortality. From ashes you came and to ashes you will return. We are with him in hating our worldly lives. A number of us have given up something through the season of Lent, or if you're like me, you may have tried and failed a couple of times. Um, but thanks be to God that grace abounds. But we take this time to turn from our worldly desires and focus on the journey to and the reason for the cross. We're all sinners, and we've spent this season focusing on the parts of ourselves that need working on, hating the parts of this life we know are no good, and focusing on the life Jesus is promising us. We are on this journey with Jesus from death to life a journey that is all about surrendering. The resurrection is coming, y'all, and we as followers of Christ are going to be right there with Jesus as he is lifted up. Now we're not there yet. We still have more journeying and surrendering to do, but Jesus has told us what's going to happen and he's told us what we need to do. There is a passage in 
Jeremiah 31 that talks about the new covenant God is making with God's people. Part of this prophecy reads, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. This law that is in our minds and written on our hearts is constantly reforming us to be the people God wants us to be. I know change of any kind is rough and uncomfortable, especially change that goes against the status quo, and especially in a year when we have all lost so much already. But in the midst of the loss, I challenge you to be like the Greeks at the beginning of the passage, searching for Jesus. Focusing on Jesus makes this whole journey a lot easier. When you know where you're headed, it's easier to let the worldly things fall away. And just imagine what could take root and flourish when we allow this to happen. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.